Welcome to the Healing Space. I am Sensei Raven Akundayo. The episode you're about to listen to is a unique one for our podcast series. It's a companion piece to episode 45, Healing Through Bipolar Disorder. With each of these episodes, we'll talk with those who continue to battle this disorder as they share their highs and lows with us. When taking care of our mental health, we must be aware that we're not always the only ones on that journey. Those we love are often on that journey as well. Toshiba Martin is a mother and grandmother. She also works in the medical field, so she has a very unique outlook on being bipolar. I was honored to speak with her concerning her journey. Take a listen. Prayerfully, you learn something. Now, let's get healed. So, do you have bipolar 1 or 2 disorder? I have been diagnosed with bipolar depression. They have not specified 1 or 2. Understood. Okay. Uh, When did you first begin experiencing your mood episodes? Um, Really all of my life. But, you know, we're taught that as black women, we have attitudes. So it kind of got brushed aside. Maybe a year and a half ago, I decided to see a therapist and make sure that it wasn't just a bad attitude. And that's when I was diagnosed. And there, there, it's, it's so interesting and sad. Thankfully, there's more of a light that's being shown on what you just said, you know. But it's unfortunate that we exist in a society where that has been the case. The stereotypical angry black woman, you know, and that you were battling this all this time and no one assumed that it could have been something other than having an attitude, Mm -hmm. you know. And then we get into the the entire conversation about the reason why it shows up that way and why people see it the way they do, you know. So it's like, okay, it may look like anger to you, but what is it that I as a black woman have been put through? You know, do we start there? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So how long ago were you diagnosed and how did you come about this diagnosis? Um, a year and a half, almost two years ago, I going through a lot mentally and I felt like I needed to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so I went to a therapist in the office building that I worked in. And she was really awesome. Like, I just was able to express everything from way back when till present. Right. And so she suggested that I see the psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist determined that medication might be the way to go. Okay. Okay. Uh, How has it impacted your relationships, both platonic and romantic? It's a big impact. It's a big impact because I don't always want to do things. Mm -hmm. I don't always like I'm fine with going to work, coming home and laying in my bed watching Netflix. Right. So, you know, I have friends and they always want to go and you see them on Facebook and social media um, posting the pictures and you're like, dang, I should have gone. But it's something inside of you that won't allow you to go. Right. Um, romantically, 
fortunately, I have a great person who is very understanding, very willing to cope with what I deal with. Yeah. You know, so there are days when I'm really, really just not in the mood. Yeah. And he calls them moments. Mm-hmm. And he'll say, you know, have you taken your meds today? What's going on that makes you feel like, you know, he's just really, really understanding and caring as far as what I go through every day. Right. And understanding that every day is a different day. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, my day can start out with me being Miss Mary Poppins and happy and go lucky. And then an hour later, I'm like ready to tear your head off. So, yeah. you know, he he goes with it. And if, if if I may ask, how long have you all been together? Uh, October will be four years. Okay, that's love. <laughs> that's love. You know, yes. be, being able to, as I always say, see a person. You know, mm-hmm. not not just surface level, but the depths of who they are. And yes. that's a beautiful thing that you all can see each other, and that he understands that it's a journey that you're on. You know, mm-hmm. I, I always. Uh, I always have a problem calling it an illness or things of that nature. Uh, I feel like it's it's a journey for a person, and it's a, it a day a daily journey that you're on. So it's like it's a beautiful yeah. thing to have somebody who's willing to walk with you through that. So yeah, um, I noticed that you mentioned that you actually are on medication. So I wanted to ask, yes. what are the major differences that you notice from when you are on and off your meds? Um, when I'm on. I'm more, I hate to say stable, but like, I'm not as flip-flop as I am without medicine. Okay. So, if I get up and I take my medicine first thing in the morning like I'm supposed to, um, I usually have a decent day. You know, something as simple as someone like at work, I'm OCD. So, if things are not in order... While I'm on medication, it'll bother me, but not so much. You know, I can straighten it up and go on with life. When I'm not on my medicine, my whole day is ruined. Right. Just because that one little thing is out of place. Right. So now everything is just horrible for me for the rest of the day. Now, as far as those shifts in moods, has that, how long back, if you think about your yourself being an adult all the way back to a child... In memory, how far back can you remember yourself being that way? I'm going to probably say as young as 10. Okay. Because being in school, not even here in Maryland, when I was in New York, there was a young lady who knew how to flip my switch. Right. And we literally would fight every other day. Wow. You know, and so the littlest thing would just make me angry right and of course as a child you fight to get your anger out so i was always fighting yeah um and then as i got older i kind of just stayed to myself to avoid those confrontations right so i yeah i'm gonna say that i can think of as far as my anger and stuff i'm gonna say maybe like 10 and and as you got older, it became a little bit more obvious to you what your triggers were. And that probably played a part in why you pulled away? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. 
So the the next question I want to ask is how has it impacted your career, either corporate or artistic? Um, I think it kind of helps because I want to like when I'm at work, I'm a whole different person. Mm-hmm. I think understanding that you never know what a person is going with, like. No one would never know. If I didn't tell you yeah. that I deal with this every day, you'd never know. Right, right. So it, when it comes to work, I love working with people. And so when you have, like, for me, a patient, because I work in medical, um, who has a nasty attitude, I don't take that personally. Right, right. You know, because you don't know what they dealt with before they walked in the door. Now, granted, I didn't do it. Yeah. But I'm just the first person whose path they crossed since that situation may have happened. Right. Or, like, I know I have my days where I don't do it outside, but I'll come home and, like, the kids may come to me for something. And I'm like, what? You know, and this they didn't do anything. It's just I'm in a mood right now and you're bothering me. Right. So it kind of helps in that sense that I help people out and then we get to talking and a lot of my patients are like, you know, it was so good to talk to you and it's so nice to have someone who understands. And so I guess in a sense it helps in that way. Cause I talk to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like give me all your business. Let me help you out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should have been in social work, but I, I always tell people that I can quite literally turn any situation into a positive. And it kind of blows people's minds because they can give me the most horrible circumstances and I can tell them how it can become a positive. And I listen to you telling your story right now and I'm like the positive and that is for what it is that you're battling for the journey that you're on, you Mm -hmm. are a blessing to others, you know, and Mm -hmm. had you not gone through this journey, you wouldn't be able to be empathetic to what it is that they're dealing with. So they wouldn't have a listening ear or someone to share a story so that they can understand what's going on as well, you know? Right. So that's that's beautiful. Absolutely. With bipolar disorder being something that runs in families, does anyone else in your family battle it? And if so, how do you all show up for one another? I honestly don't think anyone has been clinically diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Do I see traits in some people? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, we have um, on my dad's side, there's a family page. And I kind of put it out there, you know, if anybody feels like something along these lines, I'm here. Like, I'm open. Right. I don't hide anything that I deal with. I don't lie to people. Like, whatever I'm dealing with, if it can help you, I'm going to help you. Yeah. So, I haven't had anyone say, hey, I went to the doctor and they diagnosed me as of yet. But I'm pretty sure that it's somewhere in there. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, this is kind of one question, but kind of two in one. Mm -hmm. Explain to me and my misfits the best day you've had in the last year and then the most trying day you've had. The best day I'm going to say was being there when my daughter gave birth to my granddaughter. Mm. Um, I have altogether three 
grandchildren with one on the way. Okay. Uh, but to actually be there for that one, you know, and to talk her and, you know, be there for her was a wonderful thing. Um, the worst day was my dad being diagnosed with cancer. Mm. That's the worst. Okay. Thank you for uh, thank you for being there and sharing that with us. Definitely sending love and light to him. And the last question: What does hypomania feel like for you? And do you know when it's happening? And lastly, do you fear the decline of mania after experiencing it? Um. In the beginning, no. You mm-hmm. don't know what's happening. You're doing things, and then somewhere along the line, it clicks like, oh, that's not right. Right. Um, an example is me being out partying and drinking and being loud, and I'm, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very quiet when I go out. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel like certain things you don't do outside in public so if you see that in me know that she's manic right um, like i said throughout the course of it you kind of realize it but it's not something that you can control so as much as you want to say okay never mind let me go sit down something else comes up whether it's a person a song comes on and it triggers you and you start the dancing and the being out there. Um, coming down from it, it's like, I want to say to me, it's like a sugar rush. Mm-hmm. Once that sugar high goes, you like crash. Right, right. And so being manic can go from a few hours to a few days Mm -hmm. and then your body is just like okay enough and then you start to think then you kind of go into a depression because you start to think of the things you did while manic right right so if if you you know after you come down that you were manic Mm -hmm. and now as far as it goes with uh, hypomania and then coming back down from it, is this something that can happen whilst on your meds or does it only happen if you're not taking your meds? It has happened on my meds, but not as extreme as if I'm not on my meds. Okay. Um, because being manic can be anything. Whatever, whatever you experience. So you being normal if you would if you love shopping that would be your manic state Mm -hmm. so after a few days you looking around your room and you're like what the heck is all of this right because when you're manic you're not thinking rationally you're not yourself it's like you kind of become another person Mm -hmm. so you know it's whatever you as an individual go through For me, I'm quiet, I'm laid back. I like to go out and hang out and things of that nature. So when I'm manic, that's what I want to go out. I want to have fun. I want to do stuff. I want to, like, I'm loud. And and the crazy part is, is I hate that person. Mm. 
So it's really crazy because I become the person that I hate. Like I hate when I'm out with people and it's that one person that's extremely loud. Like, why are you so loud? I'm right here. Right, right. But I become that person. Yeah, yeah. And then people are later like, girl, you were the life of the party. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Right, right. What else did I do? Like, I don't want y'all. Like, I went to a meet and greet for a Facebook um, group. Mm -hmm. And I was manic. Yeah. And so I'm like, these people probably like, oh, I don't know about her. Like, right, right. Because they saw the manic me. They have yet to experience the everyday cool me. Yeah. So, so. I, I noticed that you, you said it can take some days for you mm-hmm. to, to quote unquote, get yourself back. So... What's the longest period of time, as far as you can remember, where you remained in a balanced state? Oh, um, taking my meds, I've probably gone like two to three months. Okay. With being, you know, regular, normal, everyday. Um, I'm still OCD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's even worse when I'm normal. <laughs> but that's probably, and then it's like the bad part is, is that you get to a point where you're like, I'm good. Yeah. And you stop taking your meds. Gotcha. Because I'm so scared of being dependent. Right. Um, because like I have fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis and mixed connective tissue Mm -hmm. disorder. So with that, like the only thing that really kills the pain is oxys. Right. But I take them when I get to the point where I can't even go to the bathroom because I'm in so much pain because I don't want to become dependent. Right. So when I get to a place where I feel like I'm leveled and everything is good, I don't need these meds. I'll stop taking them. Right. And so, then I'll spiral. Right. And then the cycle starts all over again. All over again. Yeah. Okay. My last question for you is, when it comes to healing, what does healing look like for you? On a day-to-day basis, how do you show up for yourself? I'm still working on that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I am still working on that. Um Lately, I've kind of gotten to the point of every morning I pray before I start my day. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to my gospel music throughout the course of the day. If I feel like I'm going there, I'll take a breather and pray, walk away, get myself together. But I'm not, I really have no answer as to the healing because i'm still learning true stuff true (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for sharing your journey with us it's greatly appreciated thank you you're welcome it's of great importance that we continue to dismantle the stigma surrounding mental health i'd like to take a moment to thank Tashiba martin for sharing her story with the Misfit Universe. I hope that all of you who listened were able to take something important away from this episode. I've made sure to place several phone numbers in the description of this episode as well. So please take a moment to read that when you get the chance. 
in case you or someone you know is battling for your mental health right now. Thank you for listening. Continue to listen all week long as we introduce you to more people who are standing up and fighting back against bipolar disorder. Thank you. We love you. And namaste. Namaste.